Hello, and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topics, and unlimited pop culture. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Lynn. And on today's show, we have Lynn... Oh, man, I'm going to get this wrong. Lin-Manuel Miranda? Did you I get got that it. Right? Oh, got boy, it. okay, I got one. Uh, does Disney. Does that seem fair? Vivo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think any type of animated film is going to be weighed against the giant that is Disney. Mm, indeed. We also have an update to an old 80s classic, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, Woo-hoo. Revelation. And last but not least, we have Animal Crossing with Bears. It's Cozy Grove. So, Alin, it's been a while. How you doing? I've been good. Yeah. I was thinking it really, It. I feel like we're within our two-week time frame. No. Are we? No, we're not. I think, I, yeah. No. Yeah. We try. We try, people. We do. I know. So, the start of school really threw me for a loop. I, uh, I had no idea how exhausting it was going to be to have to teach in a mask all day. It's, you know, it's for the greater good, but it really is exhausting. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's been making me tired. But um, but we're here. We got the stuff and the things. Yeah. And it's been kind of a slow month for entertainment news as August is. It's normally very sleepy. That's true. That's not true. A, not a whole lot happening. Everyone's gearing up for the return to school, return to fall. When all of the new television shows come out, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote prestige films begin to arrive in theaters. Of which I will watch none of them, would be my guess. Yeah, what did I see? Oh, I watched a preview for, and I know this is not your cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea either. Um, but I had a curiosity factor uh, with Kirst- Kir- Kristen. Is it Kirsten or Kristen Stewart uh, as Princess Diana? Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Um, I saw a picture and she actually looked pretty, pretty good. Um, she she did. I was I was surprised. Yeah. Um, how much she embodied the physicality of it. And the the whole thing was really like a music video. Because oh. when you I there was a teaser trailer that came out this week so you get to see a lot of the pomp and circumstance that is the royal family. So for anyone who watches The Crown, you're used to seeing the the corgis walking around. All of the, I love corgis. They're so cute. I want a corgi. There's a corgi that lives down the street from me. His name is Billy, and he's adorable. And I wave to him like he understands. I'm like, hi, Billy. I know. Well, he does. He, he, I you feel know. like he does. He does. Um, Someday she, when we live together, we can get a corgi. Yes. And Jerry will most likely be with me still. Jerry is a Chihuahua. I did not realize that Chihuahuas live for like 20 years. <laughs> it's like pebbles. She's yeah. 15. She looks like she's still a kitten. Everybody's like, there's no way your cat is 15. I'm like, this cat's going to live till 45. That's what I mean. We'll put Jerry and pebbles in a room together. Oh and boy. it will be fine. But I'm sure. <laughs> no, one of the, I don't know who would come out. Yeah, not both of them. That's for sure. But Going back to Spencer, <laughs> she has she literally has one line in the whole. Oh, and the movie. rest of it's just music. Yeah, the rest of it's like music, and then um, Sally Hawkins, who was in the, the what is the Shape of Water, is I like her. Didn't see that one either. I heard it was weird. It was very weird. It was to the point where I was looking away. I was just like, I don't want to watch this. This is really, really uncomfortable. Gross. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she says some sort of line to her, like, it's not that bad. And then Kirsten Stewart turns and goes, but it is. And like, that's, <laughs> like, that's, it. that's all you get. That's all you get from her, Diana. All right. Well, that's fair. You know that I don't tend to watch trailers, so I'm actually sort of a fan of a minimalistic trailer, I guess. Yeah, I was just like, okay, because everyone's like, in one of the comments, it was, she really nails Diana's voice. So I said, oh, let's see what she does. And I'm like, she says three words. Yeah. How can we say that she's nailing Diana's voice? <laughs> but Oh, good times. Well, yeah. I'm going to let you watch that one. Uh, I mean, I'll eventually watch it if it gets nominated for stuff. I mean, I like watching the royal family. Mm. Uh, I've really been interested in the crown since it came out, but I just get really uncomfortable watching and understanding like that this is how it functions and it oh. still functions the same way as it sort did. Sort of like uh, knowing what's in a hot dog. Exactly. And it's like, it's like, no wonder Diana was miserable. And no wonder Charles was cheating on her. And like, he didn't love her. Mm. He never loved her. He was forced to marry her. Yay. So it's just you, you just watch it. And you're like, yeah, and they're still this way. Because Harry and Meghan came out with their interview. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're still behaving as though it's 1910. So Mm. awesome for them. Yeah, we um, love that for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Ooh. I know that's my long aside about it, but it was just something that was on my mind. So we've got some interesting little threes today. Um, the first one is about the not one, not two, but fourteen new South Park movies that are going to be made for Paramount Plus, and the the, the <laughs> de- I, <laughs> yeah. The deal that that was made with um, Matt and Trey was for nine hundred million dollars, which I assume they immediately used to turn around and buy the restaurant. What was it? Casa. Oh, Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. Yeah, I'm assuming that they 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 were going to use the, that money because they did buy Casa Bonita. And, they did. They did. Uh, so I'm assuming that this is what the money was actually for. But now they are are on the hook to do 14 movies for Paramount Plus. 14. Where did this number come from? And do we need 14 South Park movies? Like, what? what's I, happening? I did not know that South Park was still a thing. I did watch it because... I don't understand. The, these streaming services need to, like, have a chart for me because South Park had a vaccination and a pandemic special, but it was on HBO Max. Wait, what? Yeah, there's a there's a uh, pandemic special that was on HBO Max. So HBO Max, as far as I know, has all of South Park's uh, library. So like up until this point would be my assumption. Yes. So that's why I was confused when I saw Paramount Plus. Because I was like, I thought this was on HBO Max. And honestly, the pandemic episode was really funny because there are characters that are thriving with the pandemic and the social distancing that goes along with it. Um, so it, it was really, really funny. That's 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 like real life. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, and, you know, they call people wearing masks like, oh, they need to pull up their chin diapers. Like, it's like, yep, yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know. I'm like, OK, so it's going to be on Paramount Plus. So what does that mean for the stuff on HBO? Is it going to go away? Is it going to be shared? Because HBO does have Comedy Central stuff on it, too. Yeah. yeah, and I uh, this might be just who owns what at this point because does who owns Comedy Central? Is that Paramount? I think it might be Paramount. Okay. So if Paramount owns Comedy Central, then that actually makes a lot more sense than the um HBO stuff. It could the be H- it expired. The HBO stuff could be a syndication thing, right? I mean, yeah, I've definitely get- been on the air for more than 10 years, so you could do syndication. So just not to make you feel old, but next year it says that South Park's going to be on the sh- the air for 25 years. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh no. You're, okay. Yeah. You remember I'm not how sure contra- it's been at least 10 years. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. Do you remember how controversial it was when it first came out? Oh yeah, for sure. And now, now it's, it's mild. Like the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's mild. So that means that I, I, from what I'm reading in the article about the 14 films, is that means that South Park's going to be renewed through season 30. 30. So these films are the seasons, or they go along with the season? Are they doing films and seasons? I think they're doing films and seasons. Wow. Wow. Okay. Sure. And I mean, they've done long episodes, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, and they've done movies before. So, you know, that's not new to them. In fact, I really love the South Park movie. It's a it's a magical musical creation. But um, it just seemed like such an odd number and such a big number. Like, don't you don't you make a deal for five movies or four or three and then do a new deal for five more? Right. Like. I, I I don't even know if I'm going to live another 14 years, you know, like. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, like, they must have a plan for 14 movies. Because Are they just pretending they have a plan? Like, maybe they were just joking, like, yeah, we'll make you two a year. And Paramount's like, deal. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, wait, we, what? <laughs> we didn't we didn't mean that at all. Um, oh, well. Hmm. I mean, it's a classic. I still. Yeah. I still quote things from it. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I guess if you're a fan of South Park, the good news for you is you've got like another 10 years or so, 15, 20. You've got another 20 years of South Park coming. So, you know, I guess that's cool. It's, it's cool. And I don't <laughs> I don't know if this holds up because, you know, as we said, it's been on the show for the air for a long time. But I remember reading at some point that it's very difficult to put these shows together because of the animation style but yeah. once again this was a long time ago so i don't know if they've computerized it Changed or it, yeah. what yeah so i don't know it used to be paper or cutouts yes right? yeah. yeah i'm sure it's not like that anymore that's what i remember because there was like so much time in between seasons that people were getting upset and they're like we cannot work any faster hmm yeah i think that's something they abandoned a while back but but i think you're right from the beginning it did look like that so wow. I mean, I'll I'll watch them and you should go watch you should go watch the pandemic. Yeah, it's while I still funny. have HBO. Yeah, for yeah, sure. E- exactly. Okay, can do. 
Um, next up, we've got an update on Disney, uh, who continues to prove to us that they are evil. Um, we were we were talking last time about the Scarlett uh, Johansson lawsuit and Which is how still, they still still ongoing, still a thing, right? And how they basically tried to like shame her into getting the money that she was owed. Um, I've read recently that they were forced in court to admit to exactly how much money the movie made on Disney Plus, and they really didn't want to do that, um, but they were forced to. So we don't have a lot of update on that lawsuit yet. That's probably going to take a while. But it did come out fairly recently uh, something else about paying people, which is that apparently. Oh, sorry. One thing I wanted to mention that in between the time that we've discussed this, I guess Scarlett Johansson had a baby. I didn't even know she was pregnant. I didn't know she was pregnant either, but I guess like they announced her husband, Colin Jost, announced she was pregnant. And then like a day later, the baby was here. So she gave birth to a little boy named Cosmo. Oh, boy. I'm, yeah. Cosmo Jost, which I'm like, what is she doing? Um, but so it's like in between all of that, it's like not only was she pregnant and that's I guess a lot of people are like, that's why she really wasn't promoting the film in person, not oh. only because of the pandemic, but because that she was sense. pregnant during the pandemic. So I just thought like in other developments, not only does she have this lawsuit, but she has a newborn at home. But mm. yeah, good times. Yeah. So um, new new information coming out that apparently Disney is only paying its comic creators five thousand dollars for adapting the work that they make. Um, which is absolutely ridiculous because they're adapting this these comic books into you know, multi-billion dollar movie franchises here. Um, And it ultimately means that your comic book creators are not getting paid anywhere near what they deserve. And so I think what we're really starting to see here is maybe like a theme that, and this is going to be to absolutely no one's surprise, but that Disney as a corporation just doesn't want to pay anyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't want to pay its actors. It doesn't want to pay its artists. Um, It certainly doesn't want to pay the people who work in its theme parks, Um, you know, and we're starting to see this this trend in many, many different ways, including now like, oh, the standard approach to compensating writers or artists who are adapted into a Marvel film is a five thousand dollar flat check. And then and then which to me is like a spit in the face, Mm -hmm. an invitation to the film premiere. That's what you get. You get the $5,000 check and an invitation to the film premiere when it comes out. It's like, you know what? I'll pay the $15 and go to the movies and pay for it myself if you give me like 10% of like. Yeah, anything, really. Anything. Yeah. And the problem with this, and it's something that we've alluded to before, is Disney is so huge and owns so much intellectual property that it's difficult to negotiate it's like well if you don't like it go work at uh you know go to dc and work with the wb and if the we don't know what warner brothers is compensating right so but when you i mean i'm sure it's not fantastic all around you know um but if one of the studios does sort of step up and say hey we're gonna offer you a percentage um i'm sure you'll see a lot of flip-flopping of talent Mm-hmm. I mean, I, guess, I can see. Go oh, go ahead. No, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that some people have come out and said that there are special contracts to be had. 
but the problem is it's it's sort of like nobody advertises it. So oh. like Disney's approach to it is we're going to adapt your thing. Here's $5,000 and an invitation to the film. But then if you go get a lawyer and come back and say, oh, we want the special character contract or we want, you know, this special thing, they'll have to renegotiate. But they don't even tell you it exists. It's like a secret menu. You have to already know it's there to order from it. So there's apparently there is a better deal to be had, but Disney doesn't offer it up as a rule. Um, you have to already kind of know about it or you have to be in a position to bargain, to bargain with them. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so it's just something that doesn't get offered to very many people. Because I was thinking on the one hand, there's so many comic book creators out there. Mm -hmm. So you can see why giving it a chance to someone who's up and coming, like here's $5,000. We're going to go and we're going to adapt this. It could fail, Mm -hmm. but you have $5,000. If it is successful, if it meets some sort of threshold that is set upon through negotiation, that person should absolutely be entitled. To more money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's just something where there's risk involved. How How many comic books come out a year that are not successful? Yeah, thousands, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's just one of these things where Disney is just annoying me lately, only yeah. because, I don't know if you've read this, um, but they're charging for their Fast Passes now, starting in October. Yeah, I did read that, and I, I was just sort of shocked by that. Like, that's ridiculous. It is. You pay all of this money to go. And they, you only get three a day. So it's not like you have unlimited fast passes where you're reserving rides and you're like, yeah, let's do it. You get three a day. That's it. And the it. fast passes aren't even that convenient. No. And you go and you like use one and they're like, okay, come back here at 2.15. And now you've got to like design your whole day around exactly. going back to that one ra- ride at 2.15. Yeah. It's not like it was a great system before. Now you want to charge me for that system? You're going to charge me to get in the park. You're going to charge me $25 for a churro. I mean, come on, people. And it's like, I understand, you know, it's down because of the pandemic, but you don't pass the cost on to people in that. And it's not like a small charge. I think it's like $100 per person. You're kidding me. Yeah. How many do you get? You get three. What? You still get the same amount of fast passes. You just have to pay for them. And if you don't, I mean, I like you said, you have to plan. If you use three fast passes, you plan your entire day being like, okay, we need to be over at this side of the park by this time because we need to go on this ride. Right. It's just, and then, you know, the whole thing, and I'm not, I don't get me wrong. I love Disney. I love going to Disney. It makes me feel like a kid, but you still stand in line. For and the then, vast majority of the day. Right. And then you go on the ride and it's like five minutes. And then mm-hmm. you just keep doing the whole thing over again. And now it's it's a ridiculous amount. I do not know how like a standard family of four goes to Disney. They have to take out a small business loan. Yeah. <laughs> they have to re, re, remortgage their house. Yeah. It, like, it's, it's just awful. It is. And it's like you need more money, really, because you're not paying anyone anything. No. And you're no. charging you know, an arm and a leg and another leg, uh, just to go to your parks. Yeah. It's just, 
it's just it's starting to feel really disgusting mm-hmm. and just real purposefully evil and you know like you get that visual of grabbing somebody by the leg and then shaking them until money falls out you know what i mean like you kind of just get that 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 visual cuz it just feels gross at this point you know it does it's like how much money do you need apparently all of it all all <laughs> of the money go talk to bezos <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll just go out to space one of these days i know like, not and not back. come back <laughs> <laughs> He can take Elon Musk with him. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> go ahead. Go find another place to live. It's okay. Yeah, we don't care. We're good. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, Disney continues to be evil. And then um, moving on to our last little three. This is a weird one. Uh, now, this is a movie that we will, I'm sure, eventually see and eventually review on the pod, which is The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the problem right now was, you know, first of all, it's an indie film. It was released originally only to theaters, and we're not ready for theaters yet. So we were going to wait for it to come to streaming or Redbox or something like that. They did this weird thing where they were basically said on one night only, and this one night was August 18th, so it it happened a while back. They're going to stream the movie through their own, like, streaming platform, like their A24 streaming platform. You can stream it. It costs 20 bucks. But you can only do it during a four-hour window, which if you were like a Lynn on the East Coast, the literal opening of the window was 9 p.m. On a Wednesday. Yeah, August night. (laughs) Wednesday night, right? So you're like, okay, so what you're basically offering me, A24, is the ability to have to call out from work tomorrow because I'm going to stay up till, you know, midnight trying to stream your movie for $20 in the middle of the week. And I think that they probably automatically realized what a bad idea this was because literally the next day, the thing got released to every streaming platform. (laughs) It was so, so, it was so arbitrary. It was so weird. (laughs) Like, you made this big deal. Okay, we're going to be doing it. One night only. Wait, we lied. (laughs) For four, and people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing ever. And it was their own, it was their own streaming thing. It was screeningrooms.a24films.com. You know, it was their own thing. I'm wondering, I don't even know how it went down. Like, did it crash? I have no idea. But And that's, and that's what we talked about because it was their own sort of streaming service. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't going to be available. You know, I think Roku had it. I think that was one of the only like, sticks or whatever i love my roku go roku i do too. i have a roku tv so i love it shout out to roku they're awesome they are but i was just thinking like i don't know if this experiment is going to work like fingers crossed if you log in and everything goes smoothly that you know that doesn't normally happen when everyone's no. trying to go into a streaming service at the and same the time. Thing. You only have a four-hour window, so if you do run into any technical difficulties, your four hours are now ticking down, and the movie is what two and a half hours long or something. Yeah, so you know yeah. it's not like you've got a lot of leeway there. So honestly, I don't know how this went, but my my instinct is telling me that it didn't go very well because literally the next day the thing was in Redbox. 
Right. So now granted, it's still 1999. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it Redbox streaming. You can get it through Roku. I think there's a few other places. Yeah, but wherever you normally would stream. I, yeah. yeah, there's no discs yet, so you can't go to like a Redbox box. Um, but it's it's expensive. It's like you know still 1999 to get it. So I might wait until it comes down a little bit. But um, it just seems so funny to me that they made such a big deal out of this, and then literally the very next day they were like, "Oops, nope." <laughs> We're just messing with you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Speaking, speaking of movies that, um, you know, came out with premiere access that you can now watch for, well, free, if you have Disney Plus, Cruella. 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 Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I will watch that. I mean, I wouldn't have run to the theaters to see it and I wasn't paying for premium access. But like we said, there's not a lot of stuff that's out right now. So it's like, I'll watch it. Yeah, you can, um, you can let me know how it is. I'm. I don't think I'd be interested, but if you say it's good, I, I'll give it a try. From what it, it just looks like the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like. I'm like, where's the Dalmatians? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but more puppies up in here. Yes, more puppies. More puppies, please. Cover her in puppies. <laughs> Real ones, live ones. <laughs> yes. No coats, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so those are little three. You want to move on to the big three? Let's do it. Okay, cool. We got a weird mix today. Yeah, we do. Um, So first things first, we're going to talk about Vivo. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is like the first time we've reviewed like a kid's movie, right? Like an actual for kids movie. Yeah, we've we've mentioned other kids movies like Mm -hmm. like, uh, um, which was cute. It was a cute movie. Which one? I I missed you there for a second. Uh, Sorry, Luca. Oh, Luca. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, I will say that this is the first one that I've I've watched for the pod, and my initial thought watching it was, this isn't for me. This is definitely for kids. So the first thing I will say is, everything that we say about Vivo, um, you should keep in mind that this is not meant for two consenting adults to sit down on the couch and watch on a Friday night, unless you are a really huge uh lin-manuel miranda fan this or, is defin- or this gloria is- estefan fan sure right That's exactly. a, this is her first movie movie oh, voice really? ever yeah i thought that i was like wow she made it this far without being Doing asked a voiceover to- yeah. yeah that's interesting um but yeah th- it definitely strikes you as a kid's movie now that being said hands down the best part of this movie is the music mm-hmm. like easily to the fact to where the first thing I said to Alin was I was wholeheartedly convinced that Miranda wrote the music first and then they tried to write a movie around it. Yes. And I, um, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Which doesn't work. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a literal 40 minute stretch of this movie that you could easily remove. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it I wouldn't felt make like a difference. <laughs> it could have been like a short film. Yes, it could have. It could have been like a little musical, you know, interlude basically but, but that's not to take away from the fact like i liked the cut co- like it was a very colorful movie yeah the color palette was great and i liked like you said the music was really good minus one song that i absolutely couldn't stand and had to fast forward through because it was like nails on a chalkboard everything else was fantastic which which one was it <laughs> it was the one that the little girl sings and it's just basically her yelling so, my niece, Phoebe, 
Loved that song. Oh my she god. She was bouncing up and down. It's I just think screaming. it's screaming. I she yeah, she enjoys it. She's well, she's a baby, in, so yeah, screaming is her jam. Yeah, so I mean she's like, This is awesome. Because I saw her like shoulders start to pop. I was oh, like, god. Oh, what's <laughs> going on over there? But uh, I'm questioning your musical taste. She also <laughs> likes the Shakira, Shakira song from Zootopia. So Hey, you know what? That's great. Let's oh. go with that one. Okay. <laughs> totally fine with that. Um, but okay, so the basic idea behind this movie is it's about a kinkajou, Jew, which is right? so cute. Even if yeah, you look up, cute. even if you look them up in real life, some pictures aren't great, but some you're like, oh, like they're honey bear. Was that the name of it? Like the honey bear? The honey bear. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're they're cute. Um, and he is basically out of his element, and he ends up in Cuba, right? And mm-hmm. um, lives with an older man, an older gentleman. And uh, the, the the other problem that I kind of had with this movie was the tonal shifts. Yes. Uh, yes. Because the movie starts out kind of shockingly sad. There is a death in the very, very beginning. Um, now, it's, it's not as it's not as sad as like Lion King. I don't think it's that sad, but it's definitely got this real down vibe to it and there's a funeral scene and everything and then like yeah 15 20 minutes later it's like weird girl scout like shenanigans so the tone is like way up and way down way up and way down you know i thought and this was this was just just me because you're watching the movie you see their lives together in cuba there's a letter that arrives that requires it demands that they go to Cuba, not Cuba, mm-hmm. to Miami, Florida. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think that's going to be the movie. And then all of a sudden it's like screech of breaks. Mm-hmm. And suddenly this little girl and her mother arrive, even though were they mentioned as existing prior to their arrival? Nope. That's like, I had no clue who they were. That's and then problem. she starts speaking at the funeral, and I was like, "Why is she speaking?" And then, yeah, it, who's this person? Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, and then, like, they literally had to have her say something like, "My uncle," or you know what I mean? Like, they had to have her say that, otherwise, you would be lost. Right, I was they, lost. Sh- I I thought it could have been easily corrected if they had like him pick up a photo in right. his apartment and be like, "Oh." Bah, 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 you know, well, yeah. one day I'll go see her. Like something like that. It was just, it was a no, very strange It was really focused choice. on the old man and Marta, the love interest. Yes. Who was Gloria Stefan. So, you know, the fact that like when Gabby, the little girl and her mother, was her mother Rosa? Was that her mother? I can't remember. Yes. And it was actually, um. That was Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah, that was Zoe Saldana. They There's have a, a lo- real... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean... We're reading each snake, other's minds, but I know, we're right? saying... When the we're, snake came really, out, I was like, that's Michael Rooker. I just know that's Michael Rooker. <laughs> it was... And it was perfectly embodying what you would want from a snake. Yeah. Um, and then Nicole, Nicole Byer was in it as one of the uh, the birds. Oh, the, was it the flamingo one? Yes, she oh, was the lady. Something. She was yeah. the lady. Um, but that whole part of the movie oh, no. was very odd. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. And what bothered me about it was the whole like 
like I said, it just felt like they tried to write this movie around the music because, you know, like you said, they had this opening thing. You kind of got this set up. There was a screeching halt when there's the death, right? There's a new setup with characters we had no clue existed. Mm -hmm. So now we've got like almost like a brand new introduction that we have to go through after being established. Then there's like the adventure part of the movie, which lasts for a really long time. Too long. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole adventure part encompasses two things. One is getting to Marta and two is delivering her this music. And they put so much effort into protect the music, protect the music, protect the music. And then they literally destroy the music. And it's like, why did I get so worked up about that for literally the last 40 minutes? Right. And it was, I think it was supposed to be this moment where you were like, oh, no, but really I was just angry. <laughs> and then the lesson is, no, the music lives in you. Oh, my God. I know you don't need to write these things down. I just think it could have been such a it could have been such a better film if they didn't add all the shenanigans to it. Like it could have been an adventure where Vivo doesn't interact with Gabby and Rosa and, you know, maybe takes an airplane, like sneaks on an airplane. And like goes gets to Florida by himself. Yeah. And it becomes and like he meets animals that are in the, the airplane and they work right. together. Like, you know, it just seemed like they added too many characters and too many different things. Like there was the whole aspect of uh, the Kikaju being an endangered species and protecting the endangered species. Yeah. And then we had the Everglades. And it's like this movie hit you over the head with its morality Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with like a saving the rainforest saving the environment message but the problem is that wasn't the only one there was also the little girl who's weird is an okay person and you know what i mean like it's okay if you're weird message that they beat you over the head with for 60 minutes and then there was the family is important message and then there was the music is life message and then there was the if you love someone make sure you tell them message because you mm-hmm. never know when you're gonna die like i mean yeah. and, it, and it's never too late it's never too uh, late yeah and it was just one after the next after the next and it just the whole thing by the end it sounded preachy i'm not gonna lie it was kind of preachy but like maybe a kid wouldn't notice that you know maybe if you were a kiddo you know, you you need that kind of, you know, beat you over the head messaging. Like for me, it was t- way too much, but maybe a kiddo would be fine with that. And the other thing that I, you know, and this is this is Lin-Manuel Miranda's first attempt at at animation. And for me, I think when you watch and I and, you know, when you're watching a Pixar movie, it's for kids, but it's also for adults. We definitely don't get that here. No, that's what like. So it's missing that aspect where it's a little above like, yes, it's a fun kids movie. Like Toy Story is a very fun kids movie, but there are little winks and nods for adults that exist. Right. And I could go and watch, you know, Toy Story right now and still enjoy it. You know, all these years later, it was missing. Viva was missing that aspect of it. It's cute. And like you said, it's it's for kids. Maybe we could call it a level of maturity or something. Yeah. 
I'm not really sure how to categorize it. What I would say is ultimately, I kind of want to give this two thumbs, thumbs up for the music, thumbs down for the plot kind of a thing. Mm. But I will say thumbs down for the plot with like an asterisk because I really think if you had a kid and you just sat your kiddo down in front of the TV and they watched this, they would probably enjoy it. Yeah. Um, They might find it a little sad. Uh, and weirdly, some of it is very immature, but the whole tell your family or tell your loved ones that you love them and, you know, that that whole storyline involving um, Marta and Andreas, the old man and the old woman, that was a very mature storyline that I think would be maybe a little bit difficult for younger kiddos to really understand. Hmm. Um, but the rest of it, they would certainly, I think they would get. Uh, but yeah, it, that this goes back to like the tonal issues where it was like some of it was very sort of funny and, and flippant and immature. And then some of it was like hyper mature almost um, or like very emotional, perhaps. And I think, you know, n- once again, I, I did it. It was like n- a 90 minute movie. And it felt longer than that. I'm not going to lie. Well, for me, it's like sometimes you watch things and you're like, this is so good. This is going to be amazing. This is this this is not this is a disposable film. Yeah. You know, it's not a modern day classic. It's not something that, you know, you're going to, you know, little kids are going to have watched it like, oh, my God, you didn't watch insert like Dumbo or Lion King. Like you didn't watch that. Growing up, you never. You've What's never the seen matter that? with you? Yeah. Yeah, and now it's just like if you didn't see Vivo, that's fine because you probably didn't see the other films that I can't even think of that come out every year. Like, I know there's like a movie with gnomes. Oh God, Romeo you know, and Juliet. Yes, that like that like so. I mean, these are they're good. They'll keep your kid occupied, but you know, it's it's just not going to be a classic it's not going to be a must watch and yeah but like you said the, the music's fun and i like music the is great. Pikachu. i like yep. the look he was so cute very cute all right we've got double animation today should we move on to the better animation yeah i didn't realize we were so heavy into animation until i know we've yeah, got another hard. one coming up too right we were going to try to watch that witcher animated thing although i'm not hearing great things so yeah i'm not hearing that <laughs> e- either <laughs> so maybe we're gonna strike that one from the record we'll but i'm gonna try like watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh but we got what if right we're watching what yes. if it's, animation is big right now it's very very big and i think uh. we'll probably be doing it might be we might end up doing the first four what ifs yeah by the mm-hmm. time we record next which is good because the first one can kind of be stricken from the record yeah <laughs> but then again, and I'll say this, it, when this will be the only thing I'll say about it. Haley Atwell is great as she Agent is. Carter, but there's a reason Agent Carter didn't really last as like a standalone character. And mm-hmm. to build a first premiere episode around that character, the idea of it sounded better than the actual execution. I would agree. So that's what so. I'll say, but we'll, we'll, we'll reserve judgment for our next, uh, our next show. So, He-Bear. Yes. He-Bear. Were you a fan growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I would say I wasn't like, that. I I, I dabbled. Let's go with that. I know you were a big fan, right? I was a big fan, and that's because I was the 
first girl out of six boy cousins. So you got dragged into it. I got dragged into it. It was like yeah. survival of the fittest. If yeah. I wanted to know what was going on, it's like I need Castle Grayskull stat. Mm-hmm. I had a Skeletor uh, figurine. I had a He-Man figurine. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was all into it and watching this show and I hadn't planned to watch it. And then you were like, mm-hmm. oh, it's really good. And I started hearing from other people like watch it. It was like sitting down with cookies and milk for me. Like it was just the nostalgia washes over you. And you're like, mm-hmm. I remember these people. I remember yeah. them all. I think that your experience was probably really similar to my husband's because he he was like just giddy, you know, mm-hmm. and just super happy giddy. For me, a lot of it was sort of new-ish. Like I remembered the basics, right? But this was this was like watching an update um, that I I I didn't have a lot of background on this one, and so we're coming at it from maybe two different perspectives. But I also really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really clever update, mainly because I think He-Man has the Superman problem in that he's too powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it just like He-Man is sort of like an auto win button, kind of like how Superman is often an auto win button. That's true. And I think that what sort of made people upset about this show was that there wasn't enough He-Man. But for me and also my husband agreed, I think that was actually the most clever part about it was that they took the auto win out of the picture and then said, OK, everybody survive. You know, like you guys got to make it on your own. And then when you did that, you had, um, you know, people switching sides and evil Lynn becoming less evil Lynn. And, you know, uh, you had all of these weird alliances. And um, I think it was a lot more complex and much more interesting than He-Man punches a thing and we win. You know, so I don't know if you feel similar or not. Uh, You can you can let me know. But that was my take on this. I and I did not realize. So when I started watching He-Man, I hadn't really read anything about it. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that there is like a huge, huge disconnect. Like some, there are fans that absolutely hate it because of the limited um, aspect of He-Man and Skeletor. Yeah. Being in yeah it. No, this this was he, like this was like arguments all over Reddit for weeks, you know, yes. um, and I didn't really understand it. But, you know, y- you're exactly right. Like people were just up in arms about this. Like they uh, what is it like they review bombed it or something yeah. like so it's like Rotten Tomato, like the critic score is like 97 percent. Mm-hmm. But the audience score is like 39 percent. Because of jerks. Yes, because jerks don't want to watch. I mean, the thing that Kevin Smith did so well is, and I think, you know, you and your husband are the the perfect illustration of it. It was the best blend of both worlds, of kind of yeah. knowing of, of He-Man and, you know, oh, I know who Skeletor is and I know who Sheila is. And, you know, so it's like, you know, these people, you're aware but for those who are dipping their toes back in, he's catering to both. Yeah. And I 
thought it was interesting. Yeah, the way I, that I did the too. show. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting take on the show, and you know, there is a huge supporting cast in He Man. The voice acting in this is. Yes. Un- Let me. Can I just run through it? A yeah, little bit? you like, have to run through it because I mean, it, it is it is perfect. Like yeah, there it's is so good. Yeah. Like okay, so Sarah Michelle Gellar is Tila. Lena Headley is Evelyn, which I recognize her voice immediately. Oh, and it, it, like she was made. Oh yeah, <laughs> Evelyn. And then I thought it was funny how when Evelyn took her helmet off, my husband like had a fit. He was like, "Oh my God, Evelyn has hair!" Because <laughs> I guess she never did that. <laughs> yeah, no, original. no, they never. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mark Hamill was Skeletor, which is just so perfect. And then you've got these like weird ones that pop in, like. Justin Long was Roboto, and then Henry Rollins was Triclops. Like, you've got these, like, strange, like, oh, what are you doing here kind of <laughs> moments. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, like, living out their childhood fantasy. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't find a single issue with any voice acted character. The animation was nice. I thought it was a nice blend between that. Sort of like cheesy kind of 80s He-Man vibe with a more modern take. They had right. like a vague, I, I would say like a, a vague but fairly obvious gay relationship. I can and see that. Did you did you pick up on that one at all? Yeah. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Like they, they couldn't really be obvious about it. But it seemed to me like they were more than just good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's like the whole thing where it's like there is a lot of watching the 80s stuff. There's a lot of, uh, you know, homoeroticism and a lot of the things that we watched in the 80s. Yeah, we just were too young to figure it out. Yeah, we were too young to went right over our heads. Um, But yeah, but this was this was fun for me. And it's it's a short thing. What is it like five episodes? It goes by so fast. And they are, I, I read, there's another five episodes that will finish up the season. Oh, okay. That that will be coming out. But five is such an odd number to split yeah. a season on. Especially since they're not that long. I mean, if you watched all five back to back, you'd probably be in at what, like two, two hours? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, an, it's about, like, like Yeah, because you asked me, you're like, did you watch? And I'm like, yeah, I finished it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like <in> a day. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I watched it. I mean, yeah. I think, and I think the other thing when you were talking about the animation, like it's obviously He-Man. Sure. For for those that have seen the He the the He-Man show, and had the He-Man toys, because I feel like He-Man must have been, or I could be wrong, uh, one of the first like tie-in sort of things where you had the cartoon and you had the toy that you must buy. Yeah, in there, order. There were only a few that came out right alongside that. I know G.I. Joe's were big with that and Transformers and stuff, but And like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right, was, right, was right. huge. So this was like a big tie-in. I mean, I loved He-Man so much that I saw that horrible movie with Dolph Lundgren in it. Oh, wow. That's yeah. commitment. Yeah. I was super into He-Man. Um, and and that even being said, you know, cuz you were super into He-Man, were you bothered by the fact I don't know if I want to say what happens to He-Man. I think I'm going to no, leave that. Yeah, Were we'll you bothered by the fact that he was not really a driving force of this? No, because you knew the other characters. Mm-hmm. And like you said, watching it growing up, it was always, here's an issue. 
here's the evil that's trying to take over Castle, Castle Grayskull. What are we going to do? Bam, He-Man stops it in right. like two seconds with two seconds to spare. And they took that away. They took it away. And that everybody else had to step up. And, and I, I thought that was think, interesting. And I think it worked because yeah. in, you know, in the series, it wasn't just He-Man. It was he had a team of individuals helping him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that whole, like you said, with Superman, where it, he was obviously Prince Adam was He-Man. Yeah, I know, right? Just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, oh, wait, glasses on? Clark Kent, glasses off, Superman. Uh-huh. But in this one, they actually made it seem like, okay, yeah, people would not know because of the transformation that occurs when he becomes He-Man. And I actually liked how they made it so that you really had to think about the fact that if somebody was keeping that secret from you, how that would hurt you. No, Um, and I like that. I I like that I like that aspect of it. Because Tila really thought that she was a trusted member of the team. And, you know, she, uh, you know, she was, but she also wasn't at the same time because that secret was not revealed to her. And she struggled with that through the whole thing, you know? And it's true. And it's like, how do you deal with that when you think you know a person and everything about them and you realize they're only showing you what they want to show you and you're never going to get, yeah, and you're never going to get the chance to confront that person Mm -hmm. and try to figure out why. So, I mean, it, it sounds deep for a cartoon but the way they handled it didn't make it feel yeah that yeah. way i mean i think you, you could, could re- think about it a lot if you wanted to but if you didn't want right. to there was still a lot of punching exactly punching and hitting and <laughs> you know it, i mean they've really they've modernized it i think they've done a good job i think kevin smith did a great job modernizing it yeah and making the animation look crisper mm-hmm. and but the same it. color palette. So it's yes. so easily recognizable. You exactly. know, everybody has the same, like the purples on Skeletor and stuff, like the the color of Castle Gray skull. Like all of that is just so easily recognizable. And it's true. And it's like you remember the minute you see these characters, you remember yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. who they are. And, you know, I just remember having my Snake Mountain playset, you know, I, so in every single picture I have from a kid, my, my childhood, I'm holding some sort of toy. So yeah. it explains a lot. It, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I must have all of the toys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So surprised about the backlash that yeah. occurred. Yeah. That's just really sad. And just, you know, it kind of just makes me want to say grow up, but then I'm just throwing fuel on the fire, you know? <laughs> it's true. It's best not to engage. Yep, that's not to engage. If you don't like it, don't watch the next five episodes. There, that's it. Just move yeah. on. Go watch something else. And also, to those that didn't like it, things cannot remain the same forever. <laughs> there has to be some sort of evolution and change. And it's yeah. not, yeah, it's... Because if that's the case, just go back and watch the one from the 80s. If that's what you want, just go watch the old one. You know, this is this is an update. So anyway, thumbs up over here. Yeah. 
by the power of Castle Grayskull over here. Like, double thumbs up. Really loved it. I can't wait yeah. to see what happens with the next five episodes. There was a big cliffhanger there. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, so good. I was like, oh, that was number five. Because if you watch it, like Jamie said, I watched it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And you, each episode's just playing into each other. And it's kind of like, that was it. No. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big cliffhanger. So just be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so... Last but not least, got some Cozy. bears. Cozy. Yeah. Um. So we're going to do another indie game today. Um. This one's maybe slightly less indie. I think that this developer is a little bit more well-known. However, this developer is near and dear to my heart because they seem to be very much in love with bears, as probably as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Although you wouldn't know it because the developer's name is Spry Fox. Should be Spry Bear, shouldn't it? Yeah. Um. Almost all of their games have bears in them. Um, A lot of them are phone games. So I was just telling Alin before we started recording that she would probably really enjoy Alpha Bear. Alpha Bear is like a a spelling kind of word game with a bunch of bears in it. Um, They also have another phone game that's called Bushido Bear. And he looks like a little ninja. He's super cute. Oh, that's so cute. Does he have like a sword and everything? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think too. And then um, their most recent game, at least I think their most recent game is... uh, uh, Cozy Grove. Now, um, Cozy Grove is, you can get it on your phone. Um, it's a Switch game as well, I believe. And you can also get it on Steam. It's a little bit more in depth than some of their other sort of phone games. Like Alpha Bear is just kind of very basic kind of spelling word game with bears. I'm um, downloading it right now. As we all know. right. You're going to love it. Very <laughs> cute. Um, but uh, Cozy Grove is sort of like an Animal Crossing game. Uh, but it's slightly, it's got some differences. I would say there's not quite as much to do in Cozy Grove as there is in Animal Crossing, but there is more of a story. Okay. So in Cozy Grove, you play as almost like a, like a scout, like a girl scout or a boy scout, but you're called a spirit scout. Okay. And you arrive on this island of Cozy Grove and there are ghosts all over the island. And um, each of these ghosts is a bear. So there's already this sort of melancholy that sort of permeates throughout the whole game because the bears that you're trying to help, technically they're all dead and they're oh, ghosts. Yeah. What? So it's a, it's a little bit sad, okay. um, but they all have these stories to tell about what happened to their lives in their lives. And, you know, you kind of each day you can go talk to each bear on the island and get a quest. And the quests are either, you know, like they could be gathering, they could be fishing, they could be crafting. There's a lot of like Where's Waldo findy stuff where they'll say like, go find me, you know, six packages that got lost on the island. And you're kind of running around trying to find packages. They give you clues as to where they are. Um, So they're, they're basic like little mini games. And then each time you hand in a quest... If it's a story-based quest, it kind of fills in a little bit more of the bear's backstory when they were alive. And each one has kind of a a sad story to tell. And it's sad and interesting and good all at the same time. You know, it, it makes the game feel like you're, you know, like with Animal Crossing, it always kind of felt like there wasn't really any point to a lot of what you were doing. <laughs> no, that's the, and that's where I am right now. Like, all right, what am I doing with it? And I have to go in because otherwise there's going to be cockroaches in my. 
Oh, see, now that's another thing. I actually did an experiment with Cozy Grove where I started playing and then I didn't play for a month. And then I went back and played. There is no punishment. Oh. (laughs) No weeds, no cockroaches. They don't like passively, aggressively make you feel bad. It's great. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and it's got a lot of the same Animal Crossing kind of stuff to it. You can go fishing. Fishing mechanic is very easy. You can catch bugs. Um, the bugs are really super weird looking. I kind of, I kind of love it. Um, you get a shovel, you can dig stuff up. You can dig lots of stuff up, mushrooms, potatoes, all kinds of different things. There's a really advanced cooking mechanic, like really advanced cooking mechanic. Oh, there's, um, lots of crafting. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a lot of clothing. You can wear all kinds of different outfits and hats and scarves and face masks. I have a knight's helmet with bare ears currently, which is really cute. Oh. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's also that story element, which I think you're kind of missing from Animal Crossing. Like once K.K. Slider comes to your um, island, there's really not a lot there anymore for for story. That's true. I don't honestly know what's going to happen in this game once I reach the end of a bear's story because it seems to stretch out for quite a while and there are a lot of bears. Um, so, But you can only do a little bit every day. Uh, th- that's the other thing about this, gr- this game is they very much encourage you to kind of come in, uh, speak your piece, and then move on. So you can do some stuff for like 20, 25 minutes, and then you can kind of move on, go on your way. Now, if you wanted to keep playing, there's certainly things you can do. You could fish and catch bugs and all of that stuff is fine. You can do it as much as you want. But since each bear only has one quest each day, you kind of reach the point where you're like, well, I can go do other things now. And the game encourages that and doesn't punish you, um, which I think is kind of neat. It's like a bite-sized thing. I do like that because sometimes you go in, you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this one thing, but then you end up getting sucked into all of these other things. So I like that the game, I haven't played it, so we'll say that, but I like that the game has sort of like a a natural stopping point for. I think you would like this. Uh, Do you have Apple Arcade by any chance? I have to, I have it, the ability to get it, but Mm -hmm. I don't have like, I know there's a fee. Oh, okay. So if you buy a new Apple device, you should get some free time. Yeah, I don't. I'm all uh, up on Uh, my. Okay, you're all out of free time. I'm all out of free time. So that's like the (laughs) thing. It's like if I played more of it, it would be worth it to have the Apple Arcade and to log in and do all of it. But I'm just like, I give so much money to Apple. Yeah, I know. They don't need it. No, whether it's for like the extra storage that I need because they're like, oh, you're going to run out of, uh, you know, you're going to run out of space on your phone. Oh. Or because they don't pack charging cables with their phones anymore. Exactly. Or because they don't have headphone jacks and you have to buy special earbuds or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that, all that. Let's let's lump them in with Disney. Um, <laughs> you know what you could do is you could keep an eye on the Nintendo store for when they have a sale because you can get it on switch oh okay so next time nintendo has a sale in their store you can kind of go in and you could just download it um right from the nintendo store so maybe that would be a best way for you to get it yeah because i'll I'll end up playing it more Mm, yeah on your switch yeah Mm -hmm. fair enough I think you would like it. Like I said, the the main thing that's sort of iffy is that sort of melancholy kind of sadness that sort of runs through it. 
And I don't know what's going to happen when I reach the end of a bear's story. Are they going to be uplifted, you know, by recovering their memories? Are they, is it going to be sad? You know, I'm not really sure yet, but there is that sort of like, it's interesting to have an actual story component to this. The one thing that they do that I'm not crazy about the, the controls are sometimes a little bit wonky. Um, it could be because I'm trying to play it with a controller and I know it's designed for like phone and stuff. So um, I might be trying to make it do things that it's not necessarily designed to do. But um, the other thing is it does do that Animal Crossing thing that I don't like where certain fish or bugs only appear during certain months. Oh, yeah. So like they really want you to play once or twice a week or three times a week for a year to be able to get everything. Do you know what I mean? I'm not crazy about that mechanic. I didn't like it in Animal Crossing and I don't really like it in this, but ultimately it doesn't really gatekeep you from anything other than completing your like museum collection. You know what I mean? So it's not really a big deal. Um, But yeah, I'm not crazy about that. But other than that, it's, it's kind of fun. It's cute. It's bite size. It has bears. Bears are good. Bears are Um, always good. Yeah. I like it. Unless you see one in like real life. And even then it's okay. You just, you know, keep your distance. Don't, don't give it a snack, you know. (laughs) Don't give it a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You being the snack, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I did, uh, I got to stop playing because I did just download Alpha Bears and I played a game of it while you were talking. So I love um, that so much. It's so cute. I was like, how's my bear going to look? What outfit do I want? So, (laughs) all right, I'm putting the phone down. I'm 100% paying attention. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I've like distracted, a monster. <laughs> yeah, distracted by bear is not mm. like a horrible thing. No, no, it's fine. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend like pretty much everything by this dev <laughs> that I've seen. Fr- Alpha Bears is great. Cozy Grove is great. Um, it's it's good times. Good times had by all. Any and questions? it's a fun name. It's a fun name. Spry yeah. Fox. Yeah, it is. Although I do think they should be Spry Bears. Maybe you can convince them to do like a spinoff. Mm. I'm just going to send them the podcast and be like, hey, listen to this. Be like, and- look, I had someone download one of your games. Wow. While we were recording. While we were, we were recording. Time. And that's like exactly my speed, too, is I like know. just playing playing a word game like that. I know the cozy grove is is exactly that speed too. Nothing is fast. It's just let me go cook some s'mores, you know. <laughs> and I will. I'll check it out on Nintendo mm-hmm. and see what it is because, like, you know, games non Nintendo based games are normally reasonably priced on the Switch. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah, if you're not trying to get Mario Kart or something like that, you can. I, you know what? I'm going to look it up right now on Steam because I want to know. I think it's like $14.99, but oh, I don't want to yeah, say that unless I'm right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to check it out right now. But while I'm uh, checking it out, do you want to uh, move forward? Oh, yes. Yes. So we're going to be going into the three things that we've been thinking about this week. Um, and basically, my first my first one is I finally stopped and watched White Lotus on HBO. I had been hearing a lot of great things about the show. It was only six episodes. So I waited until all six episodes were available on HBO Max. And it is one of those shows. And I think this is a trend 
where none of the individuals that you are watching are likable. Oh, and, I don't like this. I know. Yeah. I, I don't like this. And you know what? I was right. It is $14.99. Woo. Can I play the sound? You got it? I think so. Hold on. Okay. The Jamie, Jamie was right sound. The do, 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 do. Okay. That, make, that makes me happy. <laughs> so that that's one of the things. There's maybe one character who's likable. And you become very invested. And you're going to be disappointed. Um Mm-hmm. But so the the White Lotus is the name of a resort that only the the 1% can afford. So you get to see the dynamic between these three traveling parties and the the resort staff. And it's exactly what you would expect in that the 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 traveling the people who are traveling, they come in, they destroy everything in the name of what they think is doing that they're doing is correct. And they just leave horror in their wake. Um, When you say what they think they're doing is correct. Do you mean like they're just rich jerks who come in and okay. Okay. So it, it, they're, they're rich jerks, but, and they're entitled jerks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, and, and and the thing is, there are some characters that you're watching, and specifically like Shane in it, you're watching, and he's throwing a fit because he's not in the correct penthouse that his parents are paying for. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's like you get the overt jerkiness. And then you're watching other people. And you're thinking that they're better than they really are because it slowly comes out that these are horrible, that they're horrible. They think they're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but they're actually destroying lives. And they get so, to go back to their life uh-huh. and live it. But the people who are left behind in their wake, their lives are destroyed. So is this like, is there a, is what is the point? Did the do the the rich jerks get their comeuppance, or is it just about like, hey, don't act like this. Look at what you've done. Like, is there any, is there anything for the people who are at the resort to make you feel better about it? So, the the whole premise of the show is, it's kind of a it's a I don't want to say it's a murder mystery because it's not like Mayor of East Town where you're gonna figure out who did what and why. It's more subtle than that in that it's something that could happen. And when it does happen, you see, oh, that makes complete sense. Like it's a real life crime. Okay. It's not something that, you know, has a, everyone's trying to hide it. The rich jerks do not get their comeuppance. Oh. Um, so if you're looking for. So that's for, true to life. Yeah. So if you're looking for like one of those, it's it's almost like a small play about individuals interacting. And the show has been renewed for a second season, but none of the people who are on the show are coming back. Okay. So it's going to be one of those. Yeah. So it's going to be like, they're just going to start fresh with new people at this resort, a new sort of timeline. Cause it takes place over the course of a week. And okay. you, so, I mean, it's got a, an amazing, amazing cast. It's got um, Connie Britton. 
<clears throat> in it. It has Jennifer Coolidge in it. Um, there's a lot of people that you're going to recognize, like, oh, I've seen them in that. It has Steve Zahn in it. Um, and, you know, like I said, they're all horrible people. But you almost want to put them on a, like a sliding scale of how horrible they are. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like so it's kind of like, oh, um, it's an it's it's an interesting look at how the other half lives uh-huh. and how individuals are treated. It's not it it, it it's funny. Is it moral? Is this a moral thing? It is moral. Okay. And if you mm-hmm. think what the the rich people are doing is right, you have issues. You need to reassess. Uh, yeah, you need to reassess your priorities in mm-hmm. life because okay. it kind of clobbers you over the head with it. It's a very, very, very dark comedy. And it's by uh, um, Mike White. He's written some weird stuff before. But it is so I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I was a little hesitant about watching it because I heard it was renewed for a second season. But then I heard the premise of the second season and I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense because the resort itself is a character. Oh, okay. Well, I kind of like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very literary. Yeah. So, I mean, I I know it's not a Jamie show. I think you would watch it and you would just get frustrated. Yeah. watching it with every single person on the show you know me all too well yeah so i mean <laughs> but i i enjoyed it it's um you know i try to get the most out of my hbo max like Fair i'm enough. gonna watch that reminiscence movie just because i can and i should because it's there of course yeah so i will you know i'll pay 14.99 a month and i'm gonna get every single bit out of it so you go girl that's right all right. So help me um, describe also Bake Squad, because this is we're not going to do a full review of this, but it definitely stood out to me as a cute little um, a cute little show on Netflix. It's a baking competition show, but I kind of liked it because even though it's a baking competition show, it's not really all that competitive. Right. What you have as a twist here is you have basically four professional bakers one is like a cake master. One's a pie flavor kind of ologist. Yeah, there's one's a, chocolate yeah. a guy, and then there's like the sugar guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and each week or each episode, somebody comes in and says, "I need a dessert for blank occasion," and the four professionals compete with each other. And then the person who wanted the dessert comes in and can only pick one, and then they make it again for that event. And so the person who wins doesn't really win because they actually just get more work. (laughs) That's what I was saying. I'm like, wait, so they just have to do that all over again. Yep. (laughs) But it's cute. And like the, it's hosted by my milk bar lady. What is her name? Christina Tossi or something like that. That sounds right. Who wears the most colorful clothes. Like these are all like a bunch of, these people look like they should be dressed as rock stars. They're very likable people, too. Yeah, and not as as pastry chefs. Like, they look... And the other thing that I, I liked about it is I did not realize that Maya Camille was deaf. I didn't either. When she started speaking, I said to my husband, I'm like, she has an affection in her voice that I can't place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's an accent, but there's something going on there, and I can't tell what it is. And then later when she said... 
she was hearing impaired. I right. was like, that's what I'm hearing. But it's so subtle. It that is. If you didn't know, you wouldn't, you would just think, oh, where is she from? She has a, an interesting accent. You know what I mean? You would just. Exactly. I was just like, wow. I mean, yeah. and it's great. And it's, it's great. really impressive. Not only, and I was, honestly, I was rooting for her a lot because. Oh God, I wanted to eat everything she made. Like I would what, literally like murder my way through a crowd to get to some of her stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> so I think she was great with the flavors. Mm-hmm. Her presentation, she didn't have the same presentation as yeah, she didn't the have other the chefs. weird flair. Um, I was actually really excited the first time she won. I don't know how Me many too. of them you watched. Yeah. Um, she did end up winning one. And then the other woman that I really like is the cake lady, uh, who didn't win that much either, but her stuff always seemed like she was kind of a, a, a cool mix between flavor and presentation. And she just like to me, she just seemed like such a cool person. And she had a bear tattoo. And so, she, had, she had like a cool backstory. She was like a swimmer yep. and stuff. I mean, they yeah. all, you get to know all of these interesting things about them. The one thing, and this is just a negative about the title, is I thought they were going to like come together like a squad. And that's probably because I watched the Suicide Squad prior to watching this. <laughs> like I thought they were going to come together to create. So like they all have a special set of skills and they're going to work I... together. I didn't even think about that, but now That's, that you say it, yeah, you're absolutely right. But then it once I got to be the flow called, of like, it, fake off or something different. Yeah, something yeah. just something different. And you know, they were all very collegial with each other and helping each other. It's very um, wholesome. Yes, it has a sort of Great British Bake Off wholesome vibe to it that I can approve of. I can see that, and it was just amazing to see. The creations mm-hmm. that they oh god, this stuff was with. unbelievable. Like just yeah. you will you will crave these desserts for weeks. They're that good looking. I remember, and you probably did this too, like holding your breath every time Gonzo had some sort of huge chocolate shell that he was trying to move, like or unmold. Yes, or un- I was just like, oh my, I'm like, why isn't there? So I'm like, why isn't there anyone helping him and holding the other side? Yeah, especially when he comes up and he's like, I want to make something and I'm going to require 100 pounds of chocolate. <laughs> and you're like, what is wrong with you? And like, Christina doesn't even like flinch. She's like, oh, nope. oh okay. okay. Um, and the only other thing that I will say is I really, really hope that the like Netflix studio lot where this show is produced basically just gets to come in and eat those leftover desserts when they're done because that's a lot of food it's so much food so I'm really really hoping and I'd like to research this at some point to figure out if I'm right or not but I'm really hoping they're like okay cast of nailed it or whatever else is filming down the hall you can all come in and eat pie now you know what I mean I'm really hoping that that does happen because otherwise it would be a huge waste but I know because I know they do that on the Great British Bake Off they give Mm -hmm. the food to the crew to mm-hmm. eat, but there's more of a crew. I'm guessing this was like a standard camera sort of thing. There's only four yeah. people working at one time. But it looks like it's on. I mean, I know Netflix has a lot of different places where they film stuff. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll see it and nailed it where like um Nicole will just walk down a hallway and go she to some other set. Finds, you know? Yeah, like, she goes yeah. to find someone to judge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's they, the case. But 
I was going to say they must, because at some point I, and they didn't do it. I thought they would do it. Like there were a couple episodes where it came down to two. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be like, you can have both of them, but they yeah, were like, not? no, yeah. They're just like, no, you have to pick one. You have to pick. Yeah. And it, um, the other thing was like the descriptions that people came on and gave were like the most random descriptions of people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you would like try to give, to she likes something. pine needles and mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I'm going to make a pine, a, a mac and cheese pastry in the shape of a pine needle. It's like, right. okay, it's, where did yeah. you, yeah. So, so weird. That, that was the only like thing where I was like, oh, okay. And you would see some people would just go straight for the, the flavors mm-hmm. that were described. And other people are like, I'm going to make a van. Because they yeah. said they like the 60s. Right, exactly. Or like <laughs> they said they like barbecue. So I'm going to do a cake fake that looks like yes. barbecued ribs, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay. Sure. Um. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a cute little watch. It's if you like baking shows, I really don't think you can go wrong. It's it's definitely drool worthy. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Well, we got one more. One more. One more. Okay, so um, we're gonna play a little game with the last one. Okay. So the thing that stood out to me it was a, a recommendation from uh, a friend of ours, Norvell. He listens oh, to the pod. Oh yay! Hey Norvell. Shout out. Hey Norvell. So he told me to watch a show called Kingdom. Now, I'm going to describe this show to you. I know you know nothing about this show, right? No. Okay. I'm going to describe the premise of this show to you, and it's going to sound like something I would never touch with a 10-foot pole until I get to a point where I am immediately back in, and you're going to be able to tell instantly where that point is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. You can jump in and let me know when it happens at any time. Okay. Okay. So, Kingdom. It is set in South Korea. I had to look this up, but the year is 1392. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a period piece in South Korea. Okay. Wow. The king is sick. Uh, I believe he has smallpox. Mm. Now, the king has a son, an older, older, you know, he's probably in his like late 20s. He's the crown prince. So that's like 70 in 1392. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Start having some kids. Start popping them out because, you know. You're getting up there. Uh, so, so he's he's uh, he's ready to ascend, right? There's a problem though. The crown prince, even though he is the king's son, was born to a concubine, so not a queen. Oh. So he's only half royal. Okay. A lot of people have a problem with this, including uh, another very prominent noble royal family, and this prominent royal family has taken their daughter and and married her to the king and you know the age difference is is shocking you know it's one of those things right now the daughter is pregnant and when she gives birth this baby will actually be you know more royal than the crown prince right so the crown prince is in a bad situation because if the baby is born and it's a boy you know because 1392 Mm -hmm. um he will probably be executed Oh, okay. The baby will be put ahead of him and he will not be needed anymore, if you will. So if he is executed, you know, pretty much everyone who serves him, his bodyguard, his bodyguard's family, you know, all of these people who are loyal to him will probably be executed along with him. Yeah, that's how they took care of it back then. Oh, yeah. It was like total annihilation, overkill. Yep. So he's trying to basically commit treason. He wants to depose his own father and get himself on the throne 
before the baby is born so that he can save his own life and the lives of the people around him. Okay. All right. So noble, he's, he's, noble, yeah, he's trying to commit treason for a noble reason. And he's actually a good guy. This, the crown prince has proven time and time again that he's actually a good person. You're really rooting for him in this show. So um, the problem becomes that the king is very sick and with what we're told is smallpox, right? Which can be quite deadly. And yeah. nobody has been allowed in to check on the king to see if he's still alive. Now, by the way, everything I'm saying is basically from episode one, so I'm not really giving that much okay. away. Okay, <laughs> all right, all, all right. So um, it turns out that the king has died. So the crown prince should ascend the throne immediately. Correct. But the royal, the royal, the noble family whose daughter is the queen that I mentioned earlier, they don't want the crown prince to ascend. They want the queen to have time to give birth to this baby and have that baby be the king. Okay. Okay. So they have to make it seem like the king is still alive until the baby is born. A weekend at Bernie's situation, if you Uh will. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now they do this by turning the king into a zombie. What? That's when you, that's where you were like, okay. I'm back in. I'm back in. Now, I won't say any more. But I will leave it to your imagination as to how the zombieism gets out from there. Because, you know, this is not a good idea. No. Because it's, it's not, not just a good one idea. zombie. No, yeah. And it was one zombie for a while. Um, I will say, though, this is a show. It's two seasons right now. I'm not done it yet. I am about um, like two or three episodes into the second season. This is some of the best zombie stuff I have ever seen. Oh, now, what, it, what is it? What is it on? It's on Netflix. Oh, OK. So you can totally watch this. Um, I, I this just blows any modern zombie stuff out of the water because, you know, it's 1392. So how are you fighting the zombies? Arrows, you it's know, true. so yeah. you don't have I, guns. No, There's well, no you, kill. You, you, no you kill do, shot. You do have guns, but they're what? the thing that you have to reload by hand with oh. the pipe and the gun. Yeah. You know, yeah, those, you you don't want that. I always I remember reading know how to use them. The uh, oh, it's Mel Brooks's son, Max Brooks, wrote a book on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. This is probably like 20 years ago. But I just remember he wrote machetes don't need bullets and don't need to be reloaded. So that's, that's right. you know, that's what I always remember. Should the apocalypse come? I will say that they this this show has like legitimized zombieism in a way that I've never seen before, because the first of all, there's a whole mythos around the zombies. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's real interesting. They explain how how they're made. They explain pretty much everything. Right. It's also a period piece and it's like a Game of Thronesian political drama. Right. All rolled into one. Plus zombies. Plus zombies. And um, the, they don't have the word zombie in 1392. So to right. them, this is an epidemic. So when they when they talk about it, they talk about it as a disease. And then when that rumor kind of gets around, there's a disease. The way it's handled is the way that you would handle an epidemic with quarantine. And when you handle zombieism with quarantine. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I just think it's so well done. It's very clever. The first 20 minutes of season two, episode one, was some of the best zombie stuff I've ever seen. Like, And, and that's saying a lot because there's, yeah. there's a lot of zombie fare. This is there. like 28 days later level oh. of, of zombieism. It's that quality, I will wow. say. Wow. Yeah. And I was watching it in the original Korean um, with subtitles. Um, I will say that I was a little confused, you know, because I'm not familiar with a lot of the naming structures and stuff. Right. Um, so I switched it to the dub at one point just to see what it sounded like. It's actually not that bad. Re- um, I was going to say that the movement of the mouth didn't bother you. No, it's really not as it's it's totally doable. Okay. So um, and which is actually good because uh, my father-in-law loves zombie stuff, but he has a real problem with subtitles. So I I actually called him and said, you could watch this. Just put on the dub and you'll you'll be fine. So. Um, you know, if, if, if the subtitles uh, are starting, starting to like kind of bother you, you could actually watch this one dubbed and it's really not that bad. Hmm. It's good to know. Cause like, like you're saying with the naming, sometimes it gets a little difficult to figure it out because, you know, I know we're in America, but other countries do other things and how they have naming systems and how they write yeah. the date. And we're the only ones who's not on the metric system. Yeah. So there are things that are done differently and you don't want to spend your time trying to, you know, figure it out. You just want yeah. to understand the story. It's, so. and that's exactly right. And this is like a time period and a place in the world that I just know very little about, you know? So yeah. things that we're talking about, like their political structure and their culture and even their geography is just, it's kind of over my head, but I really want to follow it. And so sometimes for me, being able to hear somebody pronounce the names is actually helping me remember them better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you can, you can kind of take that however you wish. Um, and I will also say that there's at least one person in here who is immediately recognizable um, to me, and I'm probably going to mess up her name because I'm not sure if it's Duna Bay or Bay Duna, how you would say it. But oh. she's the girl who was she's in Cloud Atlas. I was just going to say she was in Cloud Atlas. And Sense8. You know, she yes. was Sun in uh, Sense8. And um, she was a lot of different people in Cloud Atlas. But um, Son Me, I believe, was the big one. But... Yeah, she's immediately recognizable. She has a very recognizable face. So, yes. um, and she's very good in this. Uh, the, I have no issue with the casting at all. Um, the queen is very recognizably deliciously evil. Like, just, <laughs> um, you know, it's really, it's really well done. So, you know, if you're interested in zombie period piece, uh, this might be for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check it out because, like I said, uh, when we were talking prior to this. I was watching Black Summer on yeah Netflix. And it's a contemporary. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched the first season of Black Summer when it came out. Uh, mm-hmm. First came out, which is probably about a year or so ago. It was before the pandemic. I know that right. much. And the right. second season just came out, and I'm only like one or two episodes in, so I'm not really far into it because I forgot happened the first season i mean not that you really need to understand it for um you know a, a dystopian zombie show but i kind of lost who the everyone was mm-hmm. yeah. but it really doesn't matter because everyone gets killed anyway on a show mm-hmm. like this <laughs> so with kingdom you're really invested and it is quite complicated so i would recommend kind of going bingey on it okay um, if you take a year off between season one and season two you are definitely going to lose some stuff um, yeah i can see 
I can yeah. see that already with Black Summer. But like yeah. I said, I'm not that invested in it. Um, I watched it because the first season was good. And now I don't, I like I said, only two season, two episodes in season two. But it's like, okay, what are they doing now? Mm. So maybe you're going to watch Kingdom after Black Summer and you're yes. going to love it because it's going to be better. And I'm going to watch Black Summer after Kingdom and I'm going to be like, you're, what is you're this? Gonna, yeah, you're going to be like, this is <laughs> trash. This is, is this? this is complete trash. Well, because I think especially with zombie shows and thinking about like the walking dead, it's, it's a pretty simple formula in that you're forced to look at who is worse, the zombies or the humans that are left in the zombies wake, because Mm -hmm. you have all of these people, different groups of people who want to help each other and try to rebuild. And then there's others who will kill you for a soda because it's survival of the fittest. And that's it. That's, that's, a zombie show. Yeah. And the same thing ultimately happens in Kingdom. All the zombies keep surprising you, though. And the people the people that you have to worry about are like royalty. So mm. that's an extra element. Well, I think that about does it for us. Any final thoughts? No. Um, oh, Excellent. we oh. did. Ha- you remember we have uh, an update on where oh, we're available. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So um, as always, towards the end here, I do like to remind everybody to like, follow, and subscribe, and that we have our social medias, which are Twitter and Facebook and the Instagram crackers, and that our um, podcast is on a lot of different platforms, including Google Podcast and Spotify, and I think it's called Overdrive, but that I have also been able to get us on um, additional platforms, which are Amazon Podcasts and Audible. So we are in new places now. And so if you prefer the Amazon method of listening to things, we are now catering to that as well. If you so, want us, if basically if you want us, we're there for you in whatever yes. whatever format you desire. Easy there. So, uh, well, uh, yeah. So, uh, d- you know, MP3. digital formatting digital format we are we are listed as a clean podcast okay friendly students are listening exactly (laughs) so basically however you listen to your podcast you can download us there absolutely okay i rephrased it that's that's much better find three speech and look for the bears all right thank you guys again for listening and tuning in and we'll see you again as soon as we possibly can probably about two more weeks um and as always like follow and subscribe and thank you very much alin say your farewells (laughs) goodbye everyone but i'd like this is not a farewell like i'm dying it's a farewell like i'll see you in two weeks yeah (laughs) so (laughs) bye everyone bye